Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Alexis Harvey, who is a speaker, coach, and educator. And so Alexis is a money and empowerment coach who's helped hundreds of people change their money story and save thousands of dollars. She's helped them to get off of credit cards, pay down all of their debt, build an income doing what they love. And she does it all with heart and soul. So Alexis does this throughout her online courses and workshops, also offering group programs, retreats, and private coaching. Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Angel. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, what is so interesting about this episode is that you talk about money, you teach financial education, and that's something that I do as well. So I am super excited to have this conversation with you and really discussing these different views and the importance of money management. Something else that's really interesting. So my last episode I recorded, my guest was in Australia and you are also in Australia. (laughs) Can you give us a little bit more of like what life is like there and tell us more about you as well? Well, life is pretty great in Australia. I think it's um, an amazing place to live. The only real drawback, I mean, apart from obviously there's major travel restrictions right now and we can't leave the country, but typically if you want to go traveling, it's a really long way to get anywhere. That would, that would be the only drawback of living in Australia. Otherwise it's yeah, a beautiful place, beautiful weather, beautiful people. Highly recommend coming if you haven't been before. Um, and a bit more about me. Yes, well, you, you summed it up very well. Like I'm, I'm very passionate about helping people change their money story, change their relationship with money, know that they can create something different to what they've already or, always had and helping them actually be able to do that, what they hadn't been able to create before. Um, so that's my passion and, you know, my work is a really big part of my life because it is my passion But aside from work, I love dancing. I love going out into nature. I love camping and hiking and spending good time with good people. I think that's such an enriching thing about life is being around other amazing people. Now, are you originally from Australia or are you from the US and you moved to Australia? Can you give us some insight on that? Yeah, I'm originally from Australia and my all my um, heritage is English, English-Scottish, and my mum's dad is English, but otherwise um, everyone else in my ancestry has been in Australia for at least a few generations. So, yeah, been here for a while. Now, I know COVID has us a bit restricted with travel, but um, have you been to the U.S.? Yes, only once actually. When I was 13, I went on a family holiday and we went to Disneyland and Universal Studios and all of that kind of thing. So, and this is what I really wanted to get into. And I was asking that question because we're in different parts of the world and we're both teaching the same thing. So do you feel as though the money outlook is different in different countries? 
That's a really good question. Um, I think it does. Yeah, I think it can be a bit. I think in a lot of Western countries, it's quite similar, um, but it still does definitely vary. From, yeah, definitely does vary from country to country. Um, and then cultures that are quite different, um, you know, like cultures that have evolved more from the uh, communism rather than capitalism. Also, then again, it have a, quite a different relationship to money. So, yeah, I, I do think so. Yeah. It's so interesting because I don't know what the statistics are there in Australia, but here in the U.S., there are more than 70% of people in the country who do not have $1,000 saved for an emergency. So financial literacy is so important. Understanding how do you have a budget, how do you manage your credit? And so I'm wondering like, if it's so staggering, like in, in other countries and, and maybe I should really start some research and, and see what that looks like. But when we're talking about the budgeting, investing, retirement, you feel as though it's just as important no matter where you live. Yeah, absolutely. And those kinds of statistics are actually very similar here. I, I don't know exactly what it is with the having less than $1,000 in savings, but I, I'm pretty sure it's quite similar to in the US. And also the statistic that uh, financial stress or finances is the number one cause of stress in Australia. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it is in the US as well. So yeah, some of those statistics are actually very similar between Australia and the US, and I, I think probably the UK as well. And I don't know if you've heard this as, as well, but finances is also the number one cause of divorce. Yes. Yes, I have <laughs> Isn't that, that surprising? Because I so know. many people think it's like infidelity, and I'm like, no, it's actually money. Um, so yes. that, that's always a very good conversation. That's a whole nother podcast, but it's a very great conversation to have. And I'm like, you got to understand this because it trickles down in various areas of your life. So, you know, when we're talking about you being the speaker, coach, educator in relation to, to money, how did you get into this topic? That's a great question. I got into this topic through my own money journey. So I started out my career as an engineer. And I worked as an engineer for a couple of years and realized it wasn't what I wanted to be doing, or especially the type of work I was doing wasn't. And I had started to get into personal development by that point and exploring passions. And I had started a raw food business in the town that I lived in just for fun, really, just to explore something that I really enjoyed. And then that really led me to the idea that I could do something I was passionate about for work and I could have my own business and all of that kind of thing. And so I eventually, I left that job and I had saved up a, a very decent amount of money to live off for a while, while I worked out what I wanted to do. And I'd started life coaching and I was actually quite big into sexuality work and sexuality coaching. And then it was through that that I hit my, I guess, first really major money crisis in my life of having spent through all of my savings and not worked out how to make a decent, consistent or anywhere near full-time income yet. And going through this process of realizing how important money is to 
live the life you want to live and to do what you really want to do, if you can't figure out how to make the money piece work, then you are going to have to, you know, live a life that perhaps doesn't feel in alignment with your highest truth. So it was a real wake up call to me that I needed to pay attention to money and actually work it out and work out how to live off an inconsistent income, how to actually have an income doing something I loved, how to sell myself, have value on myself, all of that kind of thing. And through that experience, I built a money management system for myself and I aligned it with my my values and what I was learning about law of attraction and anything to make it something that really worked in my life. And I got amazing results with that. I managed to save $30,000 in 12 months without having gone back and got a full-time job or without having a successful thriving business. And then I had other people that wanted to use um, my abundance plan and tracker is what it's called. And it quite organically evolved into me um, having that available for people to purchase and then starting to run workshops around money and then courses. So it just kind of evolved from my own experience. That's awesome. And so I love the transparency because so many people who especially discuss this money topic, sometimes they don't really tell you what their journey is or how they got to a certain place or you don't hear about those those downtimes in their lives you only hear about the high points and so that's something that's very similar within both of our journeys because I definitely had some low points when it comes to finances in my life and going through the same thing and blowing through the savings and having emergencies like that's why you have the emergency fund to deal with emergencies but then when it's gone it's gone and and then really going through and building back up and and you have to share that with people because you have to relate to people on a deeper level and it comes down to like empathy and letting people know hey I've been there and you can get to this point as well so I do appreciate that now let's talk about your upbringing because we've already heard that you grew up in Australia, but I want to bring it around the conversation of money management. So when you were growing up, did your parents discuss money with you? Did you get an allowance? Can you give us some details around that? I don't, I don't feel like they really avoided the topic, but I also don't feel like they discussed it too much with us. The first money I remember receiving was $10 if we cleaned our room. And I can't remember what age that started, but I guess it was really like an allowance and uh, but we had to clean our rooms to get our allowance kind of thing. And I actually, I had a bit of a unique upbringing in that I grew up on a farm. So my parents had a farm that had dairy and beef cattle and having dairy is a lot of work. And so from quite a young age, I had to, me and both of my sisters, we had to work on the farm and we started getting paid for that uh, once, you know, we were doing stuff ourselves, which was quite young. I don't actually remember how young I was. And maybe we started out getting paid five or six dollars an hour. Remember the Australian currency is a bit different to the US currency. So I don't know what that would be. Maybe like three or three dollars or something. I don't know. Um but we started off getting paid about that much and having to work 
And so from a really young age, actually just really wanted to be financially independent from my parents so that I had more control and choice over my life because otherwise my holidays and in high school were just spent working on the farm. And it was, it was good that I earned money. So that meant that I always had one or $2,000 in my bank account from being a teenager, but I also didn't enjoy it. And I felt really restricted and trapped in having to do that. So that was a bit, yeah, growing up and my parents were very strong on saving. Um, but apart from that, I guess we were pretty much left to our devices. And the, oh, I guess the, the other thing that they did really pre- impress upon us, if we wanted to buy something, we had to save for it. Like, and I remember there was a trip my school was doing overseas and I came home and asked my parents, you know, if they would, if I would be able to do the trip, if they'd pay for me to do the trip. And I remember my dad saying, well, we won't pay for you to do the trip, but how much money do you need? Okay. How many hours of work is that going to be? And it was going to be like every moment I wasn't at school working. And I was like, no, nah, I just, <laughs> I don't want it enough. So they, they did teach us some lessons like that. That's good to hear because so many people really grow up without having the conversation of financial management, whether it's at home or in the school systems. And so I think now in this day and age, it's becoming a recurring topic, especially with financial literacy month really being in place and organizations really pushing information out there. But I I honestly believe it's a topic that should be taught in middle school, especially high school, because you have people preparing to leave off and go on to college. They're getting into the real world. And what happens is so many people end up in massive credit card debt or student loan debt because no one has ever had the conversation about finances and financial management and what it takes to pay back uh, this debt. And there's, I'm sure we can talk for probably a long time around that topic, but <laughs> when I was looking at, at the things that you do and your offerings, I know that you already discussed the planner and the tracker, but I noticed that we both focus on budgeting. So you have this budget, like a boss workshop. And I was like, Ooh, I really like that. I love the name. <laughs> and my brand is balling on a budget. So I have a book and shirts and all of that. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I was like, I like the budget like a boss. So can you tell us more about that workshop? Yes. And I, you know, I obviously really agree with you in terms of having a focus on budget um, because you've got to, like, to change anything, you've got to really have a handle on what's going on and, choose where you want your money to go whether rather than wondering where it went so I really love that you know we have that alignment um the budget like a boss workshop yeah it's it's a short simple workshop that steps people through firstly looking at their goals and values just in life in order to shape their budget around because I find that's what makes people stick to a budget. That's what makes it enjoyable. That's what makes it inspiring is when you see how this is helping you get what you want in your life, not hold you back from what you want. Because I think there's like a bit of negative stigma or associations with budgets that it's going to restrict you and it's going to make your life boring and take away everything that you really enjoy. Whereas I encourage people to 
use it and see it in the absolute opposite way that this gives you more freedom and choice because you're seeing what you've got and where you can allocate it and you allocate it where you most want it, where it is going to most enrich your life. So that's the first part of that workshop. And then it's looking at some mindset stuff to help you make the budget something that you actually use. Because I always say to people, you know, there's no point in a budget that you just make and never look at again. So looking at how does how is this something that you actually stick to and that integrates in your life and then putting together a skeleton of your first version that doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to get it all right, but putting together a first version that you can then start to track your money against. And, and then once you see actually where all your money is gone or goes in a month, then you can make any adjustments to the budget and keep on refining it. So that's in a nutshell what's in that workshop. And so when you say that you're helping people rewrite their money story, can you give us some tips on what people can do to turn their situation around and how those components of your offerings play into that? Yeah. So what I find, and I'm sure you find this a lot too, with people with money is that they can just be repeating the same story, the same patterns. I never have enough, or I never have more than $2,000 in my bank account, or I'm always a little bit in debt or, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's different for everyone, but it's just this repeating pattern. And part of that comes from the fact, like you've already touched on that this isn't taught in schools. We're not having, you know, it's starting to happen more, but most people are growing up without having open money conversations with anyone. And so it's just this thing that you just kind of figure out your way of working with it. And so a lot of our patterns and our thinking around it is just, it's very unconscious. And that's why we just end up in this same old money story. So to change your money story, the first thing is getting awareness of what it currently is. What is the things that you say to yourself every day or that you say to other people every day about money? You know, sometimes we're not even aware of the the words or the statements we're always making around money that show us exactly the beliefs that we're living by about money. So getting awareness around what that is, getting awareness around what some of your patterns are. Oh, it's interesting. I, I, I never have more than this certain amount in my bank account, or I never earn more than this certain amount of money, or no matter how much my income goes up, you know, my financial situation actually never changes. Why is that? So getting really clear on that and getting clear then on what you want it to be and looking at if you've got any conflicting beliefs with creating that new outcome and then just taking action towards the new story that you want to have around money. And if you are ever feeling resistance or you're feeling stuck, it's not happening, then you've really got to go back and look at your beliefs, um, your experiences growing up, what that impressed upon you, um, because it's it's really the inner work that will help the effort, the outer work become a lot easier and, and help you actually follow through on those things. Because the other thing is, a lot of the time or some of the time, people do know what they need to be doing. They do know that they should be 
I don't know, spending less or spending less on this certain thing or actually looking at their bank accounts. But there's something within them that is creating resistance or distracting them so that they don't do that. So it's about looking at, well, what is that? What's going on for you that makes it feel uncomfortable to do the thing that you actually maybe know you should be doing? Right. And so, so many of those things that you mentioned as to why people stay in a similar situation, it's like always a recurring theme. So of course, right now we're in April, it's financial literacy month. What do you say to those people who may be listening and they're probably saying something like, well, I'm already broke. So why do I need a budget? Because that's something I tend to hear so many times. And some, pe- some people will say, well, I'm, I'm living check to check. There's no more room. What, what's like the first thing that you would say to someone who says that? Do you know, it's so interesting you say that because I hear that all the time as well. I hear people say to me, I'll come and see you when I have more money. And I'm thinking, no, that's the wrong way around. You don't have more money because there's some things that you probably should be shifting in the way that you're doing. And then you would. Um, So firstly, I, I challenge that you don't have any spare money because I have worked with a lot of people now that think they're living on the bare necessities And then they start using my abundance planner and tracker. So basically a budget and tracking your money against the budget. And they realize that they actually have more money than they thought they did. They were just unconsciously spending it in places they weren't really aware of. And they could make changes to those unconscious spending habits and actually start saving. I had um, a single mom do one of my programs and she fell into this category. She thought she had no extra money at all, total survival mode. And she started using the abundance planner tracker. And within three months, she was completely blown away. She saved $900. So she actually had to spare $300 a month that was just going to places that it didn't need to go to. And she, she would have sworn to you at the start of that, that she was living off the absolute bare minimum. So firstly, I I challenge whether that's true. And that's why you just got to start by tracking your money for a month, track everything you spend, everything you earn, exactly where it goes. That's one thing. Um, And the second thing is that you won't, you know, if that's your current situation, you're not going to be able to handle more money until you learn how to handle the money you already have. And so it might seem from the outset, like it's hopeless. It might seem from the outset, like you have absolutely nothing to spare. Your bare necessities are matching what you're getting paid, but they're usually not. And even if they are just starting to build that awareness around your money, will start changing things for you. It'll start how you, it, start, it will start changing how you look at things and how you see what's going on around you, how you see opportunities, how you see opportunities to do things differently. So I really, um, I, I hear a similar thing to you. And I would say to those people, now is the time to be looking at your money. Now is the time to put together a budget. It might not seem like it, but trust me, it is. And speaking of people who 
don't necessarily have the money. I want to reflect on the last year with the pandemic. And of course, so many people has so many people have lost their jobs or they're in some sort of crazy situation, um, such as like being at home, working from home, and now they're having to homeschool. One expense that I've seen skyrocket since most people have been in this remote environment in the last year is the cost of groceries because you're at home all day. You're, that means you're eating at home all day. And if you have a family, that means your family's eating at home all day. So let's look at someone who's in a bad situation, whether they lost their job or now they have the increased expenses and they don't necessarily have money to seek out um, a workshop or a conference. What would you tell them to do? Yeah, great question because you know, that is a total reality. And there are so many people that have lost their income or got into difficult situations financially through this whole epidemic. So what I would encourage you to do if you were in that situation is to start by tracking your money every single day, track, write down what you spend, what you spent it on and how you felt about that. I don't, fully understand why but everyone tells me how powerful it was for them when they write down when they're tracking how they felt about spending that money so I would start off with doing that and just start collect just actually start putting together what you're spending and being conscious of every transaction that you're making and what you're spending it on it might seem simple it might seem like well that's not going to change anything but I always see it change things for people and you know what your first step really is going to be if you're in that situation is just getting into a a steady state you know it's it's not always a time for people to be saving it's not always a time to be trying to smash down your debt it's not always a time to be looking to invest. And so if you are in a difficult situation like that, another thing that I would say is just be, give yourself permission that you don't need to be hitting major financial goals right now. Money should be supporting your life. And if you're in a stage in your life where you're, you know, you're really just focused on getting through this period, you're just focused on getting a steady job again, or you're focused on stabilizing your expenses again, then just focus on that. That's okay. So tracking your money though, I would just highly recommend as a practice. Um, And if you're struggling with the emotional side of it, because that, that is a really big thing for people, especially if they're used to earning more or not used to having this kind of stress, Then what I also really encourage is with your daily money tracking to have a daily gratitude practice so that say after you track all the money you've spent or earned, like has come into your account that day, um, write down three gratitudes, what you can be grateful about, about what you do have. Grateful that, you know, you do have running water in your house. Like that's, that's, a luxury for a lot of the world to have running water. Um, grateful that you have money to pay for your electricity. Grateful that you do have money to pay for groceries, whatever those things might be. Actually changing your focus to what you do have rather than what you don't have. And that kind of mindset shift will be actually helpful for shifting more things later on as well. So there's some things I would recommend, you know, if you if you don't have the money to invest in more help at all, 
And then, you know, on top of that, if you do have like a a spare 20 or $30 that you can put towards a tool that's going to help you, well, something like the the Abundance Planner and Tracker, my Abundance Planner and Tracker is only 37 AUD, which is about 27 US dollars. And there would be other tools like that around as well. And something like that, that will just help you be organized with your money. And the absolute beauty of planning and tracking your money, having a budget and tracking against it is that you can see, okay, we've got everything covered, you know, and when you're not doing that, that's when it can feel like, am I going to have enough? Are we going to have enough this month? Am I going to make ends meet? What's going to happen? And it's so stressful. It's so terribly stressful. So if you can just actually through planning and tracking, just have this experience of, yeah, and everything's covered. Everything's covered. I can just look at my money tracking and planning and you know what? I don't have to stress. And that's really a huge thing that it did for me when I first started to create that system. I was in so much fear and stress around money, you know, trying to just actually make enough money to pay my rent and buy food. And I would find that I would just have this huge terror and stress in my system. And then I would look at my abundance plan and tracker and I would see, look, you've actually brought in enough money to cover those necessity expenses this month. You don't have to worry. And I would just look at it and be like, okay, I don't have to worry. And it would really help manage that. That's why I say just planning and tracking your money. Can't recommend it enough. Those are great tips. And for those who are listening, if you did not have your pen and paper, get your pen and paper, rewind, because there are definitely some gems in this episode. And I am like so sad that the podcast is getting ready to come to an end. So we are really towards the end of the podcast. And this is the part of the show where it's time for the milestones, motivation and money question. So I always say it's like a game show. <laughs> it feels like it I feel like a game show host. So I'm going to ask you three questions as it relates to the title of the show and of course let me know when you're ready and we'll go ahead and get started all right sounds fun I'm a bit nervous but it sounds fun (laughs) (laughs) okay so the first question is relate in relation to milestones when you think about that particular topic what would you say is the biggest or most memorable milestone in your life I probably shouldn't be thinking about this so hard but I'm going to I thought to I lost say, you. I was like, wait a minute, did I lose her? <laughs> um, the biggest milestone, do you know what? I feel like it's making a full-time income doing what I love. That feels like that's been probably like the hardest thing I've ever been able to achieve. And the thing that I've wanted most in my life is to do what I love and serve people and have a positive impact. Okay. That's a fair response. And so next question, what motivates you? What motivates me is helping people and receiving those emails and messages where people are saying to me, this has changed my life. Thank you so much. I didn't think this was possible before. That makes everything worth it. All the tears, all the hard work. That's what motivates me. All right. And last question, when do you feel as though you first built a relationship with money? I feel as though I first built a substantial relationship with money 
in that rock bottom moment where I just, I just realized what it was, why it was important in my life. And for the first time in my life changed spending habits, which I did not know how to change spending habits before that. So it was in that rock bottom moment. Definitely. All right. Thanks so much for that. Again, thanks so much for the transparency and Alex, it's been great having you on for the show. I definitely would like to have you back. I feel as though we need a longer episode, maybe even a, a YouTube version to, to discuss money. It's such a, it's such, it's one of those topics that's like, it's not going anywhere. It's never ending and it's um, situational. So of course, like this year and last year, it's all about like, how do you help people better their money habits in this pandemic and the shift that's going on because so many people are changing jobs or they're not working, but, but I would love to have a deeper conversation with you just to really gain insight and hopefully we can collaborate down the road. So do you have anything to say for our guests who are listening? Any last words? My only last words would be that if you feel stuck in the financial situation you're in right now, if you feel like you can't see how it's going to change or how you can change it, just know that everything is temporary, everything. And you can, you totally have the power to change it. And even if you can't see that right now, or can't see the pathway for that right now, you can, and you do have the power and you just start by taking the small steps doing one thing at a time. It's like that Lao Tzu quote, step onto the way and the way will appear. You just have to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and you will be able to change your money story. All right. Thank you so much. Now, where can the listeners find you online? Yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, my handle is at alexh.co and my website is alexisharvey.com. So you can find me over there. And I just recently in the past couple of weeks launched a podcast as well. So if you want to find my podcast, it's called Money, Sex, Business and Awakening. And you can search that in any podcast app or head over to my website and there'll be a link there. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll list those links in the bio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.